every week, we're in week three in this series, and every week we're exploring how we can know God's will for our life, because that's something that we all want, right? We all want to know what God's will is for our life. We want to know what God's plan is, what his purpose is for our life. Discovering God's will is a deep, a deeply personal process. God's will for your life is different than God's will for the life maybe of someone a row in front of you or a row behind you. God's will for my life is different for, than God's will for your life. Um, and as we deepen our relationship with God, we're going to begin to hear God's voice more clearly. And we're going to begin to discover what God's will is for our life. But it begins with deepening that relationship. The key to knowing God's will for our life is knowing God. Knowing God better and better. And that's what I want to talk about today is how do I deepen my relationship with God? I think that's what makes being a follower of Jesus Christ so exciting because it's not the same path for everybody. God doesn't just say, everybody, this is my will, everybody do this. Instead, it's a personal plan and purpose and mission that God has for each follower of Jesus because it's based on a relationship. Now, I've been reading you this verse every week at the beginning of our study time. And this verse is John chapter 15, verse 5. It comes from Jesus' own lips the night before he goes to the cross, the night that he was betrayed. And he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And Jesus says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you want to know God's plan for your life, God's purpose for your life, God's will for your life, you've got to stay connected to me. If you want to know God and his, his purpose for creating you, then you have to be connected to God. You have to be connected to me, Jesus says. Now, we've been showing you this diagram that's at the bottom of your outline every uh, Every week we're going to continue to, to come back to this. And you'll see there's seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It makes kind of a counterclockwise circle. And last week we talked about God's work. These are the seven realities of experiencing God. They're actually the seven biblical truths that we, we discover God's will from and then, of course, can do God's will so that we can know and do God's will. Last week we talked about God is always at work around us every moment every day around each of us. And if you missed that message, I encourage you to go online, SeminoleChurch.com, and you can click message or watch a message. And um, you can, if you're on there right now, you can watch live, or you can click on and watch a previous message or listen, download and listen to a previous message. Anyway, jump online so that you can catch up on that. You don't want to miss part one or part two, reality one. Part one was just a, a, the foundation for the whole thing. That God's always at work around us. And then we're going to jump to number two, reality number two, moving from God's being at work to God being in relationship. And I want you to jot this down. Reality number two is God pursues a continuing love relationship, if you'll write in love relationship with me, that is real and personal. God pursues a continuing love relationship with me that is real and personal. Last week we said God's always at work around us. Now we're saying God pursues a love relationship with me that's real and personal. Think about this. The God of creation wants a real, personal relationship with you. That's hard for us to get our head around. 
But this is what separates Christianity from every other faith. Because being a Christian is not about religion. It's not about do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. It's not about keeping a bunch of rules or not breaking certain rules. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship with your Heavenly Father. Religion is about knowing and following the rules. Relationship is about knowing and walking with, growing in your relationship with God. And that's much, much more rewarding. It's through this relationship that we get to know God more and more and more. And as we get to know him more, we hear his voice better. And as we hear his voice better, he begins to real reveal his will for your life. And he invites you to join him where he's already at work in the world. Apart from this relationship with God, you'll never know God's, God's purpose and God's will for your life. You'll miss God's purpose for your life. You, you'll live a life of frustration. Of, I don't really know what my purpose here is. You'll, you'll have a lot more worry. You'll have a lot less peace. You'll have a lot more confusion. You'll have a lot less direction about what you're supposed to do in life. And you're going to miss God's best plan for your life. God has a best plan for you. You'll end up being lost. There's no way that we can short-circuit this process. If you want to know God's will, you have to first know God. If you want to discover God's purpose for your life, you've got to deepen that relationship with God. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote in James chapter 4, verse 8, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. God wants us to come close to him. He wants us to deepen our relationship with him so that we will know him better, so that we'll hear his voice better, so that we'll stop missing out on his will for our life. So that becomes the question of the day. Okay, then how? How do I deepen my relationship? How do I come close to God and how do I deepen my relationship with him? Like any relationship that we have, our relationship with God doesn't just happen automatically. You don't pray a prayer at the end of a track, or you don't pray an ABC prayer in vacation Bible school, and it automatically happens. You start a relationship with God, maybe with a conversation, a commitment, a prayer, but that relationship just doesn't go on automatic pilot and happen all by itself. We have to make some choices, some choices that actually become habits that are going to lead us to a deeper relationship with him. So I want to look at four choices that we can make today that can deepen our relationship with God. Four choices that when we deepen our relationship with God, we can start to hear his voice and start to know what his will is for our life. How do I deepen my relationship with God? The first choice, I want you to write down the word accept. I accept God's love. Number one, I've got to accept God's love every day. Accept God's love every day. God loves me. To believe that the creator of the universe and to accept that the creator of the universe loves you specifically. We know God loves the world. You're part of the world. You're one of the people that God loves. God loved you before he ever created you. He had a plan for your life before you were ever born. And at the center of that plan for your life is that you would experience his love 
and that you would then choose to love him back. That you would know him and love him is his will for every single person. But unfortunately, sin has broken our relationship with God. Sin is my rebellion against God. It's when God says, Jerry, this is how how I want you to live your life. But I say, no, no, no. I'm not going to do it your way, God. I'm going to do it my way. And I turn my back on God and I decide I'm going to be God in my life. I'm going to be the ruler of my life. I'm going to do it my way, right? And as I turn my back on God and I go the opposite way, sin leads me away from God. Sin forms a barrier brick by brick by brick so that I can't even hear God's, God's word. God's voice. And we end up not experiencing God's power and presence and, and peace in life now. And we end up not experiencing, it separates us from God for all of eternity. Sin prevents us from hearing his voice and it prevents us from experiencing his presence. It prevents us from being able to know his will. And his purpose is plan for our life. And when this happens, we end up wandering through life. We end up trying to make our own purposes work in life. And it leads to a lot of frustration. Because of this sin, our relationship with God ends up being broken beyond our ability to repair it. The only thing that can repair our relationship with God, it's only through Jesus Christ. Because you can't, you can't repair this by just coming to church more, by reading the Bible more, by praying more. You have to have a relationship, not a religion, a relationship with him. The Bible from the very beginning all the way through to the end. By the way, if I mentioned you should read your Bible. All through the Bible, it's the epic story of how God, he expresses his love to us. God loves us so much that even when we turn our backs on him and we rebel or he never once turned his back on us. He loves us, and he never stops loving us. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending us his one and only son to the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God showed his incredible love for us by coming into this world as a vulnerable human being, as Jesus Christ. He took all of our sin upon himself on the cross so that things could be made right between us and God, so that that wall could be torn down, so that we could have a right relationship with God. And God did that so that you could know his love and so that you could get to know him and then experience his will. For your life. So if you want a deeper relationship with God, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to accept God's, God's love. To believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you could know God in a personal way and know his will for your life. And so that you could have a home in heaven eventually when we get there. So let me just say this. If you've never accepted God's love into your life, maybe today will be the day you finally step across that line of faith. To finally get things settled. You finally say, okay, Jesus, I believe that you gave your life for me on the cross. I don't know how I believe it or why I know it. God, I know you love me. I don't even know how I know that. You know it by faith. When your faith is activated and you decide, you know what, I, believe, I just know this is true. That's God at work in your life. And you accept 
for the first time. Accepting God's love is a first step to a deeper relationship with God. However, even those of us who are children of God, we've accepted Christ's payment for our sins on the cross. We've started that relationship with God. There are times in our lives where we still doubt God's love. When our relationship with God doesn't go as deep as we need it to go. And we start to doubt. We're tempted to question, does God really love me? There's times where we can't even hear his voice. The sin in our life and other things have, have, have drowned that out. When, or when things aren't going your way or when you're not getting the things that you want to that you pray about. You know, you're praying, you know, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's not a, it's not a God-centered life. It's a self-centered life. Even sometimes all of our prayers are self-centered. And when we don't end up getting the answers to our prayers the way we want them answered, sometimes we can be tempted to think, well, God doesn't really love me. Or God must not love me because he's not answering my prayers. There are times in your life, even as a believer, even as a child of God, where you can end up pretty mad at God, angry at God. Maybe you're chicken to even admit it. You're like, I don't want to say I'm mad at God. You know, God will get mad at me. God won't get mad at you because you get mad at him. We're the childish ones, not him. He's not angry at you. He loves you, even when you're angry at him. In fact, he, some people get so angry at God, they repress that anger because like, I can't be angry at God, so I'm not going to admit it, even though God knows it. You don't know it. And you end up depressed. Repressed anger can lead to depression sometimes. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, Jerry, I, I, don't, I don't feel God's love in my life right now. But know this, no matter what the circumstances are that you're going through, no matter what you feel, because remember, feelings can be misleading. You never, never, never have to doubt God's love for you. No matter how distant God feels, I can't hear his voice, you don't have to doubt his love for you. No matter what you've done, you look back on Saturday night, you think, you have no idea what I did on Saturday night. But God knows, and that becomes a barrier. You know, I don't even want to come to church not last night, or you wouldn't be here. You're tuning in. But, but, but last week, you know, no matter what you've done, you cannot do anything to cause God to love you any less. Remember, you don't do anything to earn God's love. God doesn't love you because of anything you do or don't do. God loves you because God's love. It's not about you. It's not about us. It's all about God. God's love is always there. There's nothing you can do to lose it every day, every moment of your life. You know, there aren't very many things that you can count on this world. Almost everything in the world that you put your faith and your trust in, it changes all the time. It seems like you're having a good day. All the lights are green on the way to work. Today, it's going to be a great day. And something goes sideways, right? And it wrecks your great day. It's like, nope, it's going to be a bad day today. Everything seemed fine. Now it's a bad day. Those of you who have investments in the market, you know what that's like. You would make all these investments. One day, stock market, whole year, the stock, two years, the whole stock market goes up, 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 up. Everybody's happy, 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 happy. Green, 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 green. You know, and then somebody rolls a tank over some border in, in Europe we don't even know about. And it's like, everything's doomsday, right? It's all, you know, some little virus comes around. Everything goes doomsday on it. i got to tell you, some people, they live their life that way. If it's green, it's a happy day. And if it's red, it's a bad day. And if you live your life like that, man, you are on a yo-yo. 
that you can't control. You can't control any of that. Or maybe it's your health. You know, you, you have a good day one day. You feel like, I'm healthy, I'm eating right, things are good. And all of a sudden, they add another candle on your cake, and you go, blow it all over. And like, I can't even get up. I, you know, just blowing the candles caused my back to go out. Or you have arthritis, like I do. I'm 55 now. So it, it, like, bounces around. Like, one day it's in my ankle, this ankle. Then this morning was this knee. And it's always in this hip and this hip and this back. And now it's this shoulder and... It's like, and some of you, it's worse because you're, you're, I'm not even half your age, right? And I'm, I, I creak, 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 I'm falling apart. So glad we get new bodies when we get to heaven. You can't depend on your health. You, you, I've, I've always been healthy as a horse. I guess horses are healthy. Um, I, you know, and now all of a sudden you've got all these doctor's appointments. You've got ologists, you know, you've got a cardiologist and a dermatologist. You've got ologists all over the place, Right? And it's like, I used to be so healthy, and I used to be feel so good. And, my, you know, my 401K used to be so, so, so awesome. And, you know, my anything you put your trust in in this world is not, it's going to change. Even relationships change. There's one thing you can put your trust in that will never, never change. That's God's love for you. It's the only thing you can truly depend on. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the market, no matter what world peace happens or doesn't happen, no matter what relationship betrays you or walks out on you, no matter what goes on, if, if your employer says, we don't want you anymore, you know, you're not welcome here. It doesn't matter what happens in your life. The one thing that you can count on and count on and count on, God is never going to stop loving you. No matter what you do, God's never going to stop loving you. Don't take my word for this. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 8. By the way, Romans 8 is probably one of the greatest chapters. It's one of the top 15 chapters of the whole Bible. You should memorize all of Romans 8. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers nor height nor depth nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. To have a deeper relationship with God it begins by accepting God's love every single day. Remember and reflect, God loves me. The second choice that we can make to deepen our relationship, I want you to write down the word give. I give God first place every day. I make him number one priority, first place every day. If we want to deepen our relationship with someone, then we have to make them a priority in our life. Because if they're not a priority in, in our life, then that relationship is never going to grow. It's never going to flourish. It's never going to get better. We give priority to the relationships that matter the most to us. We give priority to the relationships that are the most important to us. That we want to grow. If we want to have a deeper relationship with God, then we have to place that relationship in top priority, first place, number one in our life. Give God first place every day in your life. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said it this way out of our Savior's own mouth in Matthew 6. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else 
That's first place. Seek God's kingdom above everything else. Make Jesus your number one priority. And it says, and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Our key is to put God first in every area of our life. And then it says he will give us everything that we need. Make God number one. Now, I want to give you four practical ways, because what does that look like? Do I, do I say, God, you're number one? Is that, is that what it means? How do I do that? What does that look like? I want to give you four very practical ways to put God first, put this relationship first in your life. Number one, in my day, write this down, have a daily quiet time. Have a daily quiet time every day. And what do I mean by that? What's a quiet time? I had a guy tell me one time, and I, I take the sports page and the bathroom. I have a quiet time every day, Jerry. And I'm like, that's not a quiet time. You might be quiet. It might take time, but that's not a quiet time. Okay, what is a quiet time? A quiet time is where we open God's word, not the sports page. Does anybody even open the sports page? I guess you'd use your device now. You open up God's word, and you can even do that on your device. And you, and you read some of his word, and you pray. You pray and read the Bible every day and have a quiet time. Spend some time with God every day. That's what a quiet time is, a time of daily prayer and daily Bible reading. Here's what I found. Here's what I've discovered. Many people have discovered. When I start my day with emails, notifications, text messages, good grief, if you start your day with cable news, you will have a stressed out day. They will stress you out at 5.30 in the morning. You just flip it on. It's all the bad news that happened overnight. They're just replaying it. 24, that's what it says. 24-hour news. Bad news of America. 24 hours. If you start your day with news, with emails, with work, with all, then you're going to have a lot more stressful day. As opposed to when you start your day, it seems like when I start my day with God's word and start my day with some time with him, then... I have a lot more peace. I have more joy. I have more wisdom. So you give God first priority, first place, by intentionally scheduling some time during the day. It doesn't have to be in the morning. I know some of you, you don't even believe in God before you have a cup of coffee. I get it. Okay? You're like, God, who? i got to get some coffee, you know. I need some folders in my cup before. So you don't have to spend time, your quiet time, in the morning. Now, I know a lot of you, you're like, man, I'm gung-ho in the morning. Some of you is like, I'm, I'm gung slow, not gung-ho. Okay? So you can be, apparently God wants, he made you that way. God made you not a morning person. I know your spouse has been trying to change you for 30 years. God made you not a morning person. It's okay. God wants people talking to him all day long, apparently. So you can be, you can have your quiet time at lunch. You can have your quiet time. After dinner, you can have your quiet time right before bed. It, it, it'll, it'll have less stress in your day if you have it in the morning. But it doesn't matter what time. Any time during the day, you spend some time, schedule some time, where you can pray and where you can talk to him. Now, here's the second way that I can give God first place. In my week, fully engage in the Sunday service. Fully engage in the Sunday service every week. A lot of times we think of Monday as the first day of the week. It's the beginning of the week. It's Monday. It's Monday, right? But the, traditionally in the Christian calendar, Sunday's the first day of the week. That's why it's Sunday, then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, way on, on that end. When you give God part of that first day 
of the week and you reflect on Him and you worship Him, it has a way of deepening your relationship with Him. You come to Sunday service, you put Him first because this is how we honor God and this is how we hear from Him. This is how, you know, you want to know God's will for your life. Yes, I want to know God's will for my life. But it's easy to treat coming to church on Sunday kind of casually. Like basically, most of us, a lot of people decide whether they're going to come to the Sunday service. They decide on Sunday. It's like, you know, I want to keep all my options open as long as, you know, the weather's good, but not too good because it's too good. I'm going to the beach. But if, but if it's like good but not really, really good, then, you know, it's not raining and it's not like perfect. So, you know, I, I, yeah, it's, it's a good day to come to church. A lot of people at the first service, they were all thinking that. And, um, and then I come to church, you know, but it's because I'm kind of, I'm kind of holding out, you know, it's like, well, do I have any better, you want to go to Cracker Barrel? You know, it's bike, all those bikers are at Cracker Barrel, you know, Cracker Barrel's probably going to be too long. All right, I guess we're going to church because we don't have anything better. We don't have a better option. I don't have a, I, you know, the, the weather's not horrible, but uh, yeah, we can go, you know, it's like all the planets have to align and then, you know, I got to, look. I hope you'll make the decision that I'm going to be, I'm going to take advantage every week. I'm going to put God first, and I'm going to come, I'm going to come take advantage of the Sunday service. You know, and if you're not here, you're able to tune in online. Now, for those of you who are tuning in online, I want to commend you for doing that. I'm glad that you're there. But you know, especially those of you who watch online every week, you've got to take some, some steps because it is very distracting to watch online, isn't it? I mean, you, you have notifications going, oh, there's a sale. Oh, you know, something just happened. You know, there's an alert, alert, text messages, blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it's like, it's like, oh, how, my, is my wife charging something on American Express? You know, I mean, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to pay attention to what God's trying to say if you're trying to watch on a device. Now, look, if you're at a ball field and you're tuning in on your phone, I am so glad you're tuning in. But as soon as God's about to talk to, talk to you, boom, somebody hits a home run. Hey, what are and, you know, a squirrel. It's so, in fact, those of you even under the pavilion, it can get distracting out there. Those squirrels get, you know, the birds get chirping and the squirrels get chattering back and forth. We've got Pentecostal squirrels out in the woods. You know, they're like praising. Every rock will cry out kind of a thing. And you gotta, you got to focus, right? You know, those people are, you want to shush them behind you. They're like, talk, 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 talk. Like, look, this is church. And like, this is a pavilion. You know, I mean, my donut, you know they get the donuts early, right? That's why they're out there. I'm just kidding. We hide those donuts until afterwards, don't we? Yes. So you can watch from outside. You can watch on your device. But you, there's distractions. you got to focus. Listen, it's the same way in here. Sometimes you can be in here and the people in front of you, you know, they keep, you know, click at the pin, click, 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 pin clickers, right? I know. Don't point at anybody, right? Well, like if you, if, you, if, you, if you keep doing that, those people are moving away from you. Yeah. It's only funny because it's so true, right? Like, you're killing that pin, dude. You know, write something down, you know. Um, you can find distractions anywhere. What you got to do is you got to go, okay, God, what do you want to say to me today? You know, I want to focus on you in worship. And then when we're praying, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to engage in that prayer. And then when, when Jerry's talking and you're reading the scripture, I want to, because look, you, you can pull your device out right in here and everybody thinks you're on your, on your Bible app. You're, you're like, oh, this you version, you know, but you're doing fantasy football or you got, you know, every now and then you'll hit Instagram and I'm like, 
<laughs> you know, some reel will go crazy, and you'll see those people hit those buttons so fast. It's easy to get distracted. We have to focus and say, God, I'm going to give you first place right now. And I'm going to set my device down or my phone down, and I'm going to block out everything. I'm going to disable my notifications. And I want to focus on you. Do you have anything you want to say to me? That's how we fully engage on a Sunday, on a Sunday service. All right, well, that was fun. I fully engage by giving them part of my day, having a quiet time, by giving them part of my week, taking advantage of Sunday service. Third one is my finances. I, I put God first by giving God by giving a God on giving in a God honoring way. Will you fill that out? God honoring way. The Bible says that the main purpose in giving is to show that God is first place in our lives. Giving to God in an honoring way means two things. I didn't give you any of these blanks, but you can write these two words down. Systematically and proportionally. When we give to God systematically, here's what we do. As Christians, we believe that everything we have is from the Lord. Everything we have is from God, 100%. 100% of what we earn, 100% of our health, 100% of our relationships, our job, our finances. It's all a gift from God. So we give systematically that every time God gives to us, we give him back a thank you. That every time God blesses me with something, I recognize, oh, this is from you, God. This isn't from me. This isn't luck. This isn't from God's blessing. God, I'm going to give you a thank you back whenever I receive from God. Um, God honoring also means giving proportionally. And the biblical basis for proportional giving is the tithe. It's 10% of what God helps you to earn. We give back to him in, in the form of worship. And what it does is it reminds me that, hey, this whole 100% is all from you, God, and I'm going to give you back. It's significant enough, I mean, 10%. And sometimes we feel like, now think about it. I feel like this is a good deal because it, it recognizes that every, God could have said, Jerry, here's 100%. You give back to me. What he says is, you keep 90% live on that and give me 10% back as a reminder so you remember where it's coming from. Now, he could have said 50-50. That would be a lot harder. He could have said 10-90. Well, that would be a struggle, wouldn't it? So to deepen my relationship with God in my daily time, I give him a quiet time. In my week, I give him Sometime the first day of the week. In my finances, I give him my first fruits or the first blessing that he has blessed me with. Here comes the fourth way that you can put God first place. It's in my relationships. I want you to write down life group. Commit to a life group. You can put small group if you want. We call them life groups here. Or a Bible study even. Uh, a life group or a Bible study class. Um, Starting point, that's going to be starting in just a couple of weeks. Great, great place to start. That's why it's called starting point. You get together with, uh, I don't know, eight to ten people with some facilitators, the parkers, and it's a great conversation that you'll have um, about your spiritual journey. Um, Financial Peace University. Um, it's uh, uh, led by the Jordans here, and it's uh, that Dave Ramsey course, which will help you kind of get all of your finances. Great, great way to, uh, to connect with people. 
There's some of you who you had met during 40 days of community. We had about 300 people meeting in 40 days of community. Some of those groups have decided to keep meeting. Um, I have two groups, one on Wednesday night and one on Friday night, and we're going through the seven realities for experiencing God. kind of ties into this, this series, but most of my groups will, will be behind this series. We're starting uh, this week. Um, if you're interested in taking your group to this study, see me. I'll give you the link. You can order these on Amazon. Um, for those of you who've been through the Experiencing God study, which is like 50 minutes of homework a, a day for five days a week, I mean, the Experience of God is, an, is a rigorous study. But, man, it's one of the best studies you'll ever go through. This is kind of the cliff notes. Um, this is Experiencing God light. This is like five minutes a day. Um, and it just hits the high points, but it's great. It's great study if you want to go through that. You could lead your group through that, or you could start your own group for that matter. But you make a commitment that I want to be in community. We spent 40 days talking about that at the beginning of the year. I want to be in community with other people, learning to love those who are around. These are four practical ways that you can put God first place in your life this week, in your day, in your week, in your finances, in your relationships. If you have God first, in your day, every day, and in your week, every week, and in your finances, and in your relationship, it will deepen your relationship with God, along with accepting God's love every day. Look what Proverbs 3, 6 says. It says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So you accept God's love every day, you give him priority every, every day. Then the third choice to deepen your relationship with God, to discover his will, write down the word obey. I obey God's word every day. I obey God's word every day. The more we deepen our relationship with God, the more we're going to know God's will for our life. But I want to be careful because knowing God's will is not the goal. It isn't enough. We have to do God's will, not just know it. In fact, some of us, it's like, why do you want to know God's will? I just want to know God's I want to know God's will. Are you going to do it? No, I'm not going to do it. I just want to know what it was. That sounds ridiculous, right? Because let me just tell you, not knowing God's will and not doing God's will is bad enough. But not as bad as knowing God's will. And not doing God's will. You'd be better to not know. Plead ignorance, right? I'm just, ignorance is bliss. My life's a mess, but I have no idea why. Then to know God's will for my life and decide I'm not going to do it. My life's a mess, and I'm the reason why. Because I know what I should do, and I'm not going to do it. Isn't it true there's a lot of things in life that we know we should do, but we still don't do it? Yeah, Jesus said it this way. He said, if you love me, obey my commandments. He said, you want to show me that you love me? Then do what I've already told you to do. He said, don't tell me you love me. Show me you love me by your obedience. A lot of people say they love Jesus. For about $2, you can have a bumper sticker and tell everybody, I heart Jesus. Those people sometimes will run you off the road, won't they? Jesus loves you. Jesus hasn't taken their wheel. 
Or they get a fish on their car. Watch out for the fish, people. Jesus, no, no, no. You don't show your love for me with a bumper sticker or a fish. You want to know how to show your love to me? Show that you love me? Do what I ask. Obey me. You can't really love someone and ignore what they're saying, right? Well, if they ask you to do something. doesn't work in your marriage. doesn't work at work. doesn't work in a dating relationship. doesn't work with your parents. doesn't work on your job. It doesn't work with God either. Like, God, I love you, but I'm not doing anything you tell me. You're kidding yourself. If I love Jesus, I should do what he asked me to do, but not out of obligation. What do you mean? Not because you have to. Well, Jerry, you just said, if I'm going to love Jesus, I'm going to have to. No, that's not what I said. Jesus doesn't say, obey my commands and prove your love to me. He says, if you love me, then you'll obey my commands. We've got to focus on loving him. And when we love him, we will obey. God wants us to love him. So he tells us some things that we need to do. Now, none of us probably know everything that God wants us to do. Because God hasn't told us everything he wants us to do. God doesn't say, okay, Jerry, here's what I want you to do for the next 40 years of your life. Get working. Start scratching things off this long, 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 long list. That list would be so overwhelming I wouldn't even start, right? God's like, no, I'm not going to tell you. Well, let me see if you're going to do what I've already told you to do. You want me to tell you my will? You want me to tell you more, what I want you to do later? Well, then you have to be faithful and do what I've already asked you to do. Because God wants us to have this relationship with him. He doesn't just want us to do things. He wants us, in fact, he wants to do things through us. He wants us to be in relationship with him as we do them together. So an important way to deepen our relationship to God is to obey the things that we already that we already know to do. So here's the question. Is there something that you already know that God wants you to do, but you're not doing it? And since I asked that question, God usually goes, blink, and he points his finger right to the, yep, he's been bugging you about this. He's been telling you about this. He's been kind of... Tapping his finger on this little thing in a gentle way. You know, God won't make you do it. Because he doesn't want religion. He doesn't want you to do this out of obligation. No, he, he wants you to do it out of love. Is there something in your life right now that you know that Jesus is asking you to do, but for whatever reason, you're just not doing it? Is there a chance that God's asking you to make a change in a relationship or make a change in, in your job or your career um, is, here's one. Is there a sin in your life that God's kind of pointing to that says, you know, you need to stop doing this. This, this is going to wreck your life. But you're kind of holding on to it. You're just letting it sit there. Whatever change God is asking you to make, make it. Is there a step that God's asking you to take? Maybe for you is to give your life to, to Jesus. And accept God's love for you the first time. Maybe you've done that, but you haven't been baptized. You could get baptized today. You could come see me after the service and say, I want to be baptized. We're baptizing four, five, six people. You're like, yeah, but I want to get my hair wet, you know, in front of all these people. Like, look, we've all gotten our hair wet. Almost everybody here has been baptized the same way. Maybe it's God's telling you to sign up, commit to being in a life group. 
or a Bible study. Maybe it's to become a member here at SCC. You've been coming a while. You've tried a few places, but you feel comfortable here. The next membership class to join here is coming up in a few weeks, April the 3rd. You probably can sign up for that online. I don't know if if it's on there yet. Is there something else that God has asked you to do that you just haven't done? You don't have to know all of God's will to know to do some of God's will. So a great question to ask is, what do I know that God wants me to do today? And whatever that is, then do it. Obey God in what you know. Because when you obey God, it shows your love for him. And your relationship with him grows deeper. And then he shares more and more of his will. James 1.25 says, But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you've heard, God will bless you for it. So let's take it a little slower. If you look carefully into the perfect law, read God's word. And if you do what it says, and don't forget what you've heard and learned, then it says that God will bless you for that. So I accept God's love every day. I give God first place every day. I obey God's word every day. And then finally, here's the final choice I have to make to deepen my relationship. I enjoy God's presence every day. I enjoy God's presence every day. We won't spend time with people that we don't like long term. You can put up with it for a little while. There's people that you don't like. You spend time with them. Thanksgiving, right? There's some people that's your family. I don't like them. It's Thanksgiving. We gotta, we get, you know, we, we put up with each other for a little while. There's people that you can put up with, but long term, if you don't like them, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna avoid, I'm gonna avoid those people. That's why our relationship with God can never be an obligation. It can't be just a checklist. Your relationship with God can't be something that you do because you have to do it. I have to read my Bible. I have to go to church. I have to pray every day. I have to give. I have to serve. I mean, there are people that that's, that's, they're in church all the time, and that's their, that's their attitude. Well, I, got, I gave, and I served, and I can't. I drug my kids to church, and, you know, I prayed, and I, I read my Bible. I'm fine. It's like they're in church, and they totally miss it. They have no relationship with God. They're not going to be in heaven. What do you mean, pastor? You can't say that. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. Have I mentioned you should read the New Testament too? Oh, yeah. It says right there that God is going to separate us at the end, and there's going to be people who said, but I went to church and I gave money and I read my Bible and I did this and this. And God's going to say, yeah, well, depart from me. I didn't, the word is, I didn't know you. It's not about what you do for God. It's about do you know God? If you know God, you'll be doing these things for God. But if you do these things for God, you just, I'm, 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 check, 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 check. People miss it all the time. You can go to church every day. It doesn't make you a Christian. It just makes you real churchy. Okay? 
If we look at our relationship with God as an obligation, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, then we miss the whole point. You have religion, not relationship. Again, you can, you can make yourself spend time with people you don't like for a little while. But the only way you're going to be able to spend eternity with God, the only way you're going to spend a lot of time with God is if you get to know him and you like him. So if I don't enjoy God, I'm not going to be able to force myself to spend enough time with him. Deepening our relationship with God is not about doing more. It's not about reading your Bible more. Don't get me wrong. Jesus isn't against reading your Bible. But it's not about reading your Bible, going to church, and praying. And I know you're confused. Like, Pastor, you just said, that's how I get close to God. It's I go to church and I read my Bible and I pray. So what is it? Here, here's the thing. Those are good things. Those are not the goal. The goal is not read your Bible. The goal is not pray. The goal is not come to church. What is the goal? Get to know God. Those aren't the end. Those are the means to the end. If you read your Bible, pray, and go to church and don't get to know God, you're wasting your time. The only reason we read our Bible, pray, and go to church and all these other things is so we can get to know the creator of the universe who wants to have a relationship with us. Now, again, don't take my word for this. Jesus, when he's praying, the night that he was betrayed, before he goes to the cross, he's praying to God. Look what he says in John 17, verse 13. He says, now I'm committed, I'm coming to you. He's coming to the Father. He says, I told them, who's them, his disciples, us, he told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they would be filled with my joy. Circle my joy. So let me ask you a question. Are you filled with Jesus' joy? Tomorrow morning when you get up, get ready for school, get ready for work, get ready to take care of the kids, will you be filled with Jesus' joy? Is that in your heart or is your heart numb? Is your heart full of anger and bitterness and fear and worry and anxiety and resentment? If your heart's full of all of those things, something's not right with your relationship with God. And you need to do something about that. You need to make these four decisions that we talked about. Decide, I'm going to give God first place in my life and accept God's love and obey what he says, not out of obligation because I love him. And I'm going to enjoy his presence. Because when Jesus was asked what's the most important thing in life, he didn't say read your Bible. He didn't say pray. What did he say? What's the most important thing in your life? In Matthew 22, 37 to 38, Jesus says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Let's pray and ask God to help us with this. Would you bow your heads with me right now? If there's something that's not quite right in your relationship with God and Instead of feeling joy in your heart, you're feeling fear or anger or resignation or boredom or if your heart's just kind of numb, there's just something not right, would you just talk to God? Maybe it's been a long time since you've talked to him, but would you just say right now, God, I want to deepen my relationship with you. We can all pray that prayer. God, I want to deepen my relationship with you. If your relationship is stale right now, then let's deepen it. Start making these choices. Would you say, God, I accept your love? I recognize that you love me, God, and I'm going to strive to put you first place because you're important. Your relationship to me is important. I'm going to put you first place. God, I'm going to obey. Is there something in your life right now that you know God's asking you to do and you've told him no, no, no for so long? 
you need to turn that no into a yes? Would you pray and ask God to bring you joy into your heart? God, put Jesus' joy in my heart. Would you strive to enjoy your relationship with God more? Maybe you're here today and you want a deep relationship with God, but honestly, you've never started a relationship with God. Before you can ever know God's will for your life, before you can ever have that love relationship with God, you have to begin that relationship. So if you've never done that in your heart and in your mind today, you just pray this simple prayer and say, Jesus, I believe in you. That's where it starts. Jesus, I believe in you, and I believe that you loved me first. That when I was created, God, you had a purpose for my life. And I believe that. So today, I want to give my life to you. I want to follow you. If you pray that prayer, you can begin a relationship with God today. And he'll tear down that wall that sin has built between you and him. And he will start to reveal to you his purpose and his, his plan and bring joy to your life. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that we can have a real relationship with you and that we can know your will. We love you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's Mel. I hope you'll be able to join us at 4 this afternoon at our big spring celebration. We're going to have a great time cheering on some people who are being baptized, eating together, and becoming more of a family. Be sure to be with us again next week as we continue our series on experiencing God. Enjoy your Sunday. See ya.